welcome back to another episode of Toast and Roast. Today I am joined with, of course, my co-host Georgie, and I'm your co-host Jeff. Gotta switch it up sometimes. Woo-hoo. No one is forgetting the script here. Um, What's <laughs> how's, how's it going, Georgie? It's it's going it's going all right. Um, I was actually thinking about was it you who mentioned on Twitter the the Fire Festival. And I responded to... Oh, yeah, Fire Festival, yes. So I uh, there's a documentary about it on Netflix, which I think is the first I ever heard of that festival. And yeah, actually, before we dive into it, I guess we should talk a little bit about what exactly it is. Um, (laughs) Huge scam. Um, Somehow, somebody... Uh, decided to create this festival for influencers. It was going to be the next biggest, like, I don't know, Coachella or whatever. And they convinced a bunch of really well-known Instagram influencers to, you know, push this um, luxury island festival. And I don't know, the the um, huts or exclusive... Um, lodgings were all like in the tens of thousands or whatever and it's like everyone flies over they got someone prominent i think it was it was it kendall jenner or one of one of the mainstream stars essentially to push this stuff and so many people bought in and these are all just influences i don't think anyone any normie <laughs> actually went um but they arrived and there was basically no facilities set up lodgings none food none um the most they had i think were like toilet cubicles which was like hilarious and people's portaloos yeah and um they couldn't get off the island they were all trapped on the island it was just a horror fuck show to be (laughs) honest um and so they released a documentary on this and yeah, to be honest, I didn't hear anything about it. Maybe because maybe I don't run in those circles, and we don't generally run in those <laughs> circles. Um, until I watched this um, this horror doco, really. So you watched um, this one. So yeah, that's basically you. You hey? watched the the fire documentary on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I watched the fire so documentary. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but that was what brought my attention to it, and I put it on my Netflix list like three years ago. And I just haven't watched it yet, but um, I can't remember why did why did you bring it up on Twitter or oh oh um I brought it up because there was a second uh thing about a huge scam um let me bring up my Twitter I actually can't remember yeah. myself because I don't yeah there was a huge scam about going about where people were buying into stuff and they found. That's not your username. <laughs> Ooh, I left out a letter and it said I was suspended. <laughs> Holy shit! Um, so I mean, I wasn't. I, I did recently tweet about scam emails, but uh, oh, right here we go. Theranos and oh, fire. Oh, oh yeah. Crypto land. <laughs> crypto land. That's so. The thing. Crypto land. What is it? What is it? Is it some event about crypto? Oh. So it's not an event. It's actually an island where um, people can use cryptocurrency to purchase blocks of houses. So you can live there. 
Um, and it's basically like Disneyland, only for crypto nerds. So um, is it like those timeshare things? Would... Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest. They don't have very much detail about it other than there's, you know, um, crazy cool locations to hang out with your crypto buddies and lots of memes. They have lots of meme rides. Like, here's the statue that... Um, uh, that celebrated the biggest crypto coin scam of all time. And I'm like, why are you celebrating a crypto scam? Um, and it was just such, it's a shit show because a lot of money, like hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars has been poured into this and it's being promoted by well, apparently well-known crypto uh, investors as the next big thing you know go to this island and have lots of fun with your crypto buddies they i think they quote like it's a place for crypto creators and a safe space for all of, all the crypt people who are into crypto so basically um, it's a cult and it might not even be real it, yes it's essentially a cult island for crypto people <laughs> so um, just going back to this fire thing i think the guy behind yeah. it uh, wasn't he like a rather wealthy person himself? And that's oh, yeah, that's yeah. sort of why it got um, a lot of interest and he sort of had the trust of people already because I think he was well-known and some, somehow. Um, like you said, we're not in these yeah. circles, but people knew of this oh. guy. And so he already had the trust of people and he was like, I'm going to do this massive he, thing. That's awesome. He had Ja Rule, the rapper. <laughs> promote this and it was founded by them too oh so yeah that was their claim to fame <laughs> how much did a fire festival ticket cost a thousand two hundred yeah All right. um, that's that's a decent eight thousand tickets so you know so, what yeah. else i was thinking so you brought this up in context of this crypto land thing but I also, around the same time this week, um, heard of another festival uh, and then people started referring to the fire festival because they were very suspicious of this festival. So I don't know if this festival is going to pertain to your interest, but my friend brought it to my attention because there were a lot of bands that we used to uh, like at this festival, which is going to be in October later this year in Las mm -hmm. Vegas. It's called when we were young and so apparently this festival has like run before but a lot of the bands there were um or are going to be like emo and punk rock bands that uh my friend and i listened to back in the like the early 2000s and people started becoming really skeptical about it because there are so many bands on the poster and they started to calculate whoa <laughs> they started to calculate how much uh um, what do you call it? Uh, stage time they would have. And they were like, well, if you had three <laughs> stages, then, you know, this would only yeah. work out to be about, t like, every band set would be 10 minutes. And then people said, no, there's more stages. And then people pointed out that the company behind this had done this before, but maybe not to this extent, but that they'd done something similar. So the tickets are like, yeah, 200 to 500, I think it's US dollars. US dollars. Which some people were saying, yeah, that's all right, but it's also expensive and you might be guaranteed to see everybody that you're, you're into. Yeah. So 
So um, I've got the got the website up here. Let's name some things that I, at least I recognize. Maybe other people. Uh, My Chemical Romance, Paramore, AFI, um, for Sleep A Day to Remember, uh, Avril Lavigne, um, all the, the All American Rejects. Uh, Mayday Parade. Boys like girls. <laughs> so basically, all like your punk rock emo bands, which is like for me at sixteen, is like I'd be creaming my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I. So the company behind this is called Live Nation, and I've actually been to some events that were like I know. Yeah, they they are reputable in my opinion. Like I've been to some of their events. Um. Wait, wait, weren't they the ones who did the Travis Scott? <gasps> Are they? I, I I actually don't know much about... Travis Scott, Live Nation, Deny Allegations, and Astroworld. Oh, oh so shit. they are behind... Fuck. They're behind the Travis Scott deaths. Killed 10 people last, like, last month, which was written on November 2021, so... Yeah, Ugh, that just got that just escalated. Because <laughs> I didn't, because I knew vaguely about the Travis Scott thing. I didn't know about the. Well, so what did what did Live Nation do? Uh, that was apparently the problem is they probably did nothing, and that just looks um, bad for a promoter or like organizer of a. Yeah, so prominent attorneys like Ben Crump, who is representing several concert goers, including the family of a nine-year-old boy why is a nine-year-old boy at a concert with of travis scott um Mm. have particularly scrutinized live nation because of their pull in the space as the largest show promoter in the world so i think it's just a really bad pr thing Um, because i thought they had a good rep but i guess not after this (laughs) yeah i don't know maybe maybe it's because they sold too many tickets like, Live Nation Ticketmaster sued again for predatory and exclusionary conduct. Basically, they fucked up. Yeah, yeah. They maybe oversold the event. They knew that was going to be dangerous, but they did it anyways. Um, Travis Scott, of course, inciting uh, violence from the crowd apparently is a pattern at lots of his uh, events. That is like a that. contributing so, factor. Like, okay, as someone who used yeah. to like not mind going in mosh pits for like metal concerts and things like that it really depends on the crowd and the audience and the people who listen to a music as to how violent it could possibly get Mm. but the in in this case a lot of people were asking travis scott to stop the show because there was someone being trampled Mm. and travis scott did not stop the show that's a bad look yeah, yeah. There are videos of the crowds chanting, stop the show. And he did nothing. Mm. He didn't, he just kept going. Um, so I'm guessing Live Nation here is somewhat a little bit responsible for um, maybe over prom- over promoting the show and stuff like that. Mm. Anyways, they do their job, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you You want a million people packed into a a 500,000 person space they they can do that (laughs) um and it was the astro world festival 
Anyways, back to the when we were young. Yeah. I mean, and I was talking to my friend about um, how, I, I mean, at this stage, like I have bought a couple of tickets to some comedy shows this year. Um, with, with that, they're seated, right? So you're limited to how many people can sit in the seats of the theatre. Um, and I did buy one ticket for a concert. Um, but I just, at this stage, I just don't know if I feel comfortable going in like a really heavily populated area of people. Yeah, anyway. Plus that, the When We Were Young festivals over in the US and international. Would you have gone? Pre-pandemic, I probably would have just like, yeah, shut up and take my money. Um, but but <laughs> I am a bit sceptical of like how well it'll go. I, I'm not a big festival person. Like, sure, I like a ton of the bands there, but festivals are exhausting i've been to a couple not a lot i know um there are many people who would be who would have gone to more than i've been to in my life but i have also photographed some and they are so exhausting Mm -hmm. like especially to photograph actually i'll tell you a funny story so have you heard of best have you heard of bastille the band Yeah. yeah so they sang pompeii and um, I think it was, it was a bad mm. blood was the name of the album or something or another song. So it's quite funny. I was at a festival where they were playing and I didn't really care about, um, seeing them play any other song. I just wanted to, I wanted to see them. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to see them sing Pompeii live at this festival. I had to photograph, uh, cause I was photographing for a music publication at the time and the thing is, with a with any band, they will most likely leave their biggest hits towards the end of their set, possibly even an encore. Um, I think encores yeah, yeah. are rare at festivals because, like, you have one headliner and you just got all these other bands. But <laughs> um, in generally, when when you're a music photographer or concert photographer, you in larger venues and stadiums, you only get fifteen minutes at the beginning of each band set to take all your pictures and then you have to leave. You're not there the whole time because then you're actually interrupting. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. um, I think it's just a little bit different at, um, at a festival. Actually. Yeah. It depends. Usually the security guards like kind of assess and if it's like not really busy in the crowd, like they might just let you like go in front and take some pictures towards the end of the set. But anyway, I was trying to photograph as much as possible and so I did the first 15 minutes of Bastille and then myself and the other photographers went to the back because uh, we had to move from the front area. And I was like, I have to go and photograph this other artist over there. Like, I mean, I wanted to because I wanted to try and capture as much as I could. And I'm like, but I haven't fucking played Pompeii yet. And <laughs> I'm just like, what should I do? I'm just sitting there just enjoying the rest of the music that they were playing. But then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll go to the other stage and I'll take the some random pic just to get a few shots and then I'll come back and then I'll probably catch it. Well, I went to the other stage and I took a few, <laughs> I took a few pictures and then I came back to Bastille and they were fucking done and I missed them playing fucking Pompeii. And I just Shit. felt like a fucking loser. Also, no shade on DJs, but the, the artist I went to photograph at the other stage was just a DJ. 
<laughs> so just oh, no. someone with their disc stuff and on the, there was nothing exciting. And so I partially regret that decision, but there you go. Yeah. I think, um, DJs in general, I find, um, these days are, are kind of just playing, you know, songs off a pre-recorded set or something like that. But like my original impression of a DJ is live mixing. And apparently that's not what a lot of DJs do. So I feel like I would only appreciate going to a DJ where they're, where they're live mixing. Um, and hopefully they live mix well. So, but yeah, that's, that to me is the performance of a DJ. If I'm going to watch a set from a DJ and all they're doing is playing some pre-recorded stuff, then yeah, not, not, not entirely impressed. Yeah. Um, did you know Paris Hilton's the DJ? Um, I didn't know that, but I'm not surprised and I also don't really care. But what I think it's can... like an interesting <laughs> <laughs> like well, she's like she went from a socialite to a DJ um which is it's an interesting career path. I guess so. I I used to work with a product manager who used to be a DJ. I was like that's cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The um but she also has a cooking show now. Okay. So she's doing a lot of different things. Good for her. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how well the cooking show is going, but I remember going on YouTube one day and I don't know if someone linked it to me or anything, but it was Paris Hilton and like cooking. And I was like, is this gonna be any good? She was doing some oh, I can't remember what, what uh was it mac and cheese? Anyways, lasagna. She's doing lasagna. And if you go to the video and you just watch her make this lasagna, it's it's really horrifying. Oh. A, she's got really long hair, but she doesn't tie it up. She's, she, like, breaks, like, a hundred, a hundred codes of, like, violations of uh, the kitchen code as, as possible. Um, but she has this, it's really random. It's all really, like, kind of like she's a bit spaced out. She doesn't really know what she's doing. And she's just, apparently, it's a famous recipe, her famous recipe. But it's funny to watch. <laughs> Because she's doing, she's making a ridiculous lasagna that tastes probably terrible. Um, so yeah, and and then uh, and for some reason, someone gave her a cooking show. Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix or something, but yeah, that was. Uh, she has a lot of money. I guess she can do whatever she wants, right? Yeah, actually, she got cut off. Did you know that? What, what happened? Like, back when she was a, actually a heavy socialite and she had the whole sex tape scandal and stuff like that, during that period of time, she got cut off from the Family Fortune. Oh. Yeah. I... Yeah, don't ask me why I know so much Paris Hilton trivia, but <laughs> <laughs> I just found it interesting that she got cut off. And I'm like, okay, so what did she do after she got cut off? And then she does all this other stuff, like the perfumes well, and then, the, I mean... DJing and the cooking. Yeah working out for her and she enjoys it well good for her right like she's yeah she's still in the public eye somehow whether or not she has a lot of money and i guess if it, i mean i assume what you're saying is correct but like you just pulled it out of nowhere but if she doesn't have as much <laughs> money i mean she probably still does have quite a bit but 
she's doing stuff. I feel like that's more than you could say for some celebrities who were just literally born into fame and yeah. Yeah, I I guess yeah. Um I think there was a doco or something and it seemed like she had basically matured beyond the like be needing to be a celebrity. Yeah. Um so yeah, you're right. Yeah. These are all very normal things. She's just getting a little bit of attention cuz she's maybe making fun of it or maybe doing a bit of a silly. Yeah. Um but it's not harming anybody, which is good. Yeah. It's it's funny um when you when you said she had a cooking show, I was like, "Oh, that's, you know, as as you said, slightly unexpected and strange." But um you know the band the British band Blur? Well, how do you spell it? B-L-U-R. Oh, no, I've never heard but... of it. But. <laughs> if my keyboard would work. Blur. Uh, blur blur yeah, the yeah. band. You know the, you know the song, Song 2? You would know the song, Song 2, if you listen to the first five seconds. I promise. <laughs> how many it, times have we done this done on this stream? We've done this so many uh, times. Not stream on <laughs> podcast. Yeah, so many times, Jeff. Okay. Beat sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, I do okay. know the song. Pause. <laughs> you don't need to hear the rest of it. You know it. But it's, it's funny because uh, uh, my friend Chris told me about this um, TV show on Netflix called This Is Pop. And it goes into different genres of music and explores how they came to be or like something that was iconic about oh, them. Oh, I think I watched something similar with the hip hop where they were like, how Eminem and Jay Z and all of them came up. I think. I anyway, think they so. had a hip hop uh, uh, episode, but I watched the Britpop one, which had uh. which had Blur in it because they're British, and the guy in it said, "Oh, that that song was used in basically like every car ad," <laughs> and I was like, "That's true. <laughs> it's used everywhere." Um, uh, Hopefully, they're getting royalties for it. I think so. Fun random fact: I actually did photograph them uh once and i was that was probably one of the most exciting moments of my photographic quote-unquote career because i was so excited i didn't think because i was shooting for a pretty small publication i didn't think that i would like be approved to photograph them it was awesome anyway my point going back to the paris hilton thing is that the guy who's i think he was the was it the bassist one of the guitarists in the band his name is uh i remember his name alex james but i forgot what his actual instrument was in the band he is now um a cheese farmer <laughs> whoa like a, that's mad a, he's a he's a booge cheese farmer he makes fancy fucking cheese and if you look at his um wikipedia for as yeah alex james um his wikipedia has a whole section about his cheese making and i just thought it was that's great it's so funny because like you said this is this is kind of normal like it it's normal to us normies but i also found it slightly endearing and i do find it slightly endearing when people who are in the public eye or like celebrities do something that's just completely quote-unquote normal yeah i think it's sort of like we all i guess we're used to seeing celebrities really try and hold on to their celebrity status with by any means possible um but then you get these celebrities who are just like, yeah, I'm just going to go become a cheesemaker. <laughs> um, you, you, you kind of hear it 
sometimes where people are like, man, I could, I could just run away and live on a farm. You know, yeah. that's the that's the default for some reason. Everyone's like, I just really wish I could just run away and live on a farm. I'm like, really? A, just, just like a farm. Why a farm? Just like live off the land, you know, man. <laughs> like, okay, you do you, you do you. I'll go live on top of a coals or Woolies. <laughs> just <laughs> the um. But speaking about cheese, there used to be a website um, that streamed the live streamed the aging of cheese. <laughs> it was <laughs> um, was it the, the cheese live stream? <laughs> Anyways, it was way back in the day. I was talk. We're talking um, uh, slice of cheese nuts. I'll look it up later. But basically, uh, when I was in high school. Which we don't have to really talk about the year, but a while ago, <laughs> circa more than ten, fifteen years ago, um, they had a website, um, and my friend and I would load this website up during IT class and just watch the live stream of a wheel of cheese aging. They <laughs> and they put how many days. This this cheese had been aging for, and we thought it was hilarious. We just sat there and watched cheese age. Um, they ended up selling it, and everyone was really sad because <laughs> they'd been growing up with this. They'd been growing up with the cheese. Wait, so it was like properly live streamed for like twenty four hours, just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, like someone set up a webcam in front of a wheel of cheese, oh, and. Man. And then streamed it. You know what's funny? It's like, that is, well, the first thing I was going to say is that that's like the web equivalent, kind of, of watching paint dry. But, yeah, but also, that's it. like, things like this, no one really does these days. Because how many people no. would look at that and go, what a waste of my time. But if you think about it, it's like, it's so novel. It's like, why doesn't anyone do this in the age of the internet anymore? It's like... Makes it feel yeah. bittersweet, you know. All people want to do is make these fucking fifteen second videos to make you laugh, and you go to the next one. If you don't like it, you go to the next one, and you're scrolling for fucking two hours. When it would be so much more meditative if you watched a webcam <laughs> of cheese aging. This is it. Someone did a time lapse of this cheese actually aging. Wow. A one minute time See, lapse. This is. I it. appreciate it's this. all you watch. I appreciate this more than every. <laughs> fucking real or tiktok meme that ever existed <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's crazy because i think everyone is way too focused on creating these sticky like video social platforms um just trying to suck time away from people um with nonsense really um the lip syncing thing was cool, was fun, maybe, but but then you you get into the other TikToks, where people are trying to give other people financial advice, in a TikTok <laughs> format, and in the TikTok length of time. So, I watched this uh, YouTuber Graham Stephan, and he goes through some of the uh, financial advice TikToks, and. He's basically like watching these things and they're literally saying, step one, start a business. Step two, like uh, scale it. Step three, profit. And you're just, and he's just like, 
hold up a second. <laughs> you just give like a lot of detail, but they can't do the detail. And they're like, follow me on TikTok to find out how to make yeah, profit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But literally every other week, it's the same video over and over and over again because people probably forgot the last video and people just keep scrolling and you have to make new ones so that other people will see them. And it's just nothing is literally no value. I, I would um, like to do If I gave a shit, if I gave enough of a shit, I would like to take that and make a meme out of it and just go here's how you, what did you say it's how to make money right how to how to make passive income okay, or here's something how, here's like how that. you make passive right. income just pop a clip of one of these people or whatever trying to get financial advice and at the end you just go fuck bitches get money <laughs> yeah fin fin tick fin talk uh, how tiktok is helping young people use cash wisely Ugh. oh that just it's not jokes. It's not just jokes and emojis. The video sharing platform can help users learn how to manage money. You, you got to be kidding me. TikTok's probably the place. Look at here. Interest in Dogecoin and GameStop has been fueled by the platform. Yeah. Two things highly speculative and two things that people lost millions doing. Um, and you, you're like, that's wise uh, use of cash. Uh, part of me just like died inside because I'd rather yeah. watch Cheese Age. Yeah, <laughs> rather watch cheese age. Yeah, also kind of fueled another tweet I I wrote where I was just like, "Why people are getting really like scammed via email?" I think I saw on YouTube, um, a solicitor emailed their clients asking them to submit their deposit, like a million dollars deposit on the oh. next house, and it was a fake email. Yeah. But the email had all the attachments of oh, of man. their contract. It looked really legit, so they just wired all the money, and then poof, all of it went away. Oh, um, what a shame! Which crazy, right? And like, people are getting scanned via email in a lot of other ways. Like the there's the other scam um, where um, I thought of a WhatsApp one that I came across this morning. Actually, yeah. it was like um, a social engineering one. Where someone messages you, <clears throat> excuse me, actually they message someone who they assume to be a mom and they go, hey mom, um, I've lost my phone. This is my new number. Oh no. And they get this poor woman to believe that it's their child and fool them into thinking that it's them. And then they go, oh, can you uh, send me a photo of myself? I've, I've lost everything. And then of course they can use that photo for other things. But then they go, hey mom, I need your help. <laughs> Can you send me some money to pay my bills? And then, of course, you know, poor woman falls for it. And, yeah, it sucks. Oh. So, um, yeah, there's also other scams where the people on... You get a phone call telling you that you got... Um, so someone's trying to buy something using your Amazon account. And then, basically, long story short, they they try to get you to install screen sharing yes, software I've seen this. someone it's crazy someone on youtube um it's the person who does a lot of the getting back at scammers thing yeah did a video, yeah, yeah the... like fooling the scammer and then he somehow managed to like get a video of the scammer yeah some <laughs> some of them send like glitter bombs <laughs> um 
and some of them like reverse hack them, but it's pretty tragic. Like that people fall for it. Um, that it's like older people who don't really know that you can just edit some HTML on a page and show that you've you've got more money than you do have, and and then tricking them into sending the money back. Um, so yeah, I think I was like, well, we we're busy making all these stupid TikTok stuff with our tech rather than solving you know, real, real world problems, problems mm. um, where we could possibly come up with a better system than emails. Blockchain would be really cool for verifying emails, but does anyone want to do that? No, there's no money in scams doing that. Um, so I think, yeah, I thought it was a bit insane that we have uh, so many other problems to solve. And what have we got? Um, fucking NFT profile pictures from Twitter <laughs> and yeah. uh, meme crypto and um, TikTok. <laughs> it's just so dire. Um, but yeah, Cheddar, watching, watching Cheese Age. That was like the, the darling <laughs> time of the internet. <laughs> it's so innocent. <laughs> Yeah. Such an innocent time. Somebody brought up this morning, um, not necessarily this morning, but I saw this morning on Twitter, someone brought up the, the guest book. When you had a guest book on your website. <laughs> oh, yeah, a guest book on your website. Yeah, I sh- I shared guest the... counters were also a yeah. thing. I shared the tweet because uh, the way that the person phrased it was like, fuck, like, fuck web 2.0, 3.0, sign my guest book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Web 3.0. I don't even know where to start. Don't start. I won't. So I won't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, these celebrities going into um, mundane out of the eye kind of stuff is better than, I don't know, pushing, pushing random cryptocurrencies and and wasting everyone's time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh that's right. So, um back on your festivals thing. I I always thought I like I thought, you know, whenever if I saw a festival mm. with more than 3 bands that I knew. Oh, you did the calculation. I would I would go. Mm. I would go. Yeah, because you know, the 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 stages, the uh the songs and you know, travel time between stages. Before I even knew that, you know, the, how these festivals ran, uh, I, I just said, well, if there's not even two or three, if there's no more than three bands I know, then it's going to be a waste of time anyways. But then I found out about this whole, like, stage thing. Um, and, yeah, I probably, if I was in America, I'd probably go to this just, just because I have such a high chance of listening to some Woo-hoo! some live performances, yeah, of of people I know. Um, it's not that bad, actually, you know, 244.99. Yeah, like, if you think about um, a, a single concert for one band, it can cost up to, like, it can cost up to 100 bucks in Australia, anyway. So if yeah. you happen, if you That's are like able to... 80 US dollars. Yeah, if you're able to see, let's say, four bands on this day, like, that's pretty, pretty all right. Um, you yeah, could probably even see more because you'd be there probably the whole day. I assume this runs from the morning, right? 
So I yeah. assume this runs for forty-eight hours straight. <laughs> it does, because this is no way you could do this in no, one day, it does, or even. It does say twenty twenty-second of October to twenty-third. Twenty twenty, uh, October twenty-second or the twenty-third. Are you serious? Oh, All oh. these bands have to play their set twice. Holy shit! Actually, speaking um, of bands playing their set twice, like you know how they do a tour. Obviously, they're gonna have to play like roughly the same shit. Oh yeah. Um. So my favorite band, Hey Geronimo, the band, the band who played at my wedding, um, they did this cool thing, which I don't know if you know about or ever talked to you about, but they did this thing called the Longest Shortest Tour. And in one day, no. <laughs> in one day, they signed, like, um, they organized with a bunch of, like, hotels and venues to do a 30-minute set at, like, I can't remember how many it was, maybe 10 different places over the course of the what? day. Yeah. And they invited, um, or they, I think they did it as a ticketing thing. Um, they invited a bunch of like their fans to come along with them on the tour bus and stuff. And because I'm a fucking stupid VIP, I asked them if I could just straight up join. And they just, they let me and Nick join them. But it was really fun. Like, so, so we met at like Central's. So you turned into a groupie. <laughs> well, I didn't turn into one. They already knew me. So I tried <laughs> to use my special proofs, you know. You know how it is. But it was cool because, like, um, they picked us up at the bus at, like, Central Station. And then we go to the first venue and it's, like, in the morning or, like, I guess it was, like, 12 o'clock. I think the first one might have been Newtown or something. And, like, whoever happened to be there just, like, see this Brando band play. All right, let's go. And then they went around different places in the city. One of them was Red Eye Records. Um, and just, yeah. But the, the funny... Red Eye Records, is that still open? I think so. But... Yeah, they went around, we went around the city on this bus, but the thing is for them, it, like for us as like the people on the bus, I think they had about 14 people in total of their fans joining them. Like we just had to get on the bus and then like see what the fuck was going on, right? They had to like, they, it was like go, go, go for them, right? They had to set, pick up the equipment, pack up, set up at each of the venues. Oh my God. Obviously they had a team helping them, um, but and then they had to play the songs <laughs> and then they had to play more. So- and so they, we, we, we like heard all of their music by the end of the day. Um, and then I think the last, we didn't end up going to the last venue because the bus didn't go there. Um, it was just a hop on a ferry and go to Manly, but it was already pretty late at that time. It was like, yeah, I think it was like the even, like it was fucking late. I think it was like nine, like t- nine or 10 o'clock. And, but Jeez. it was a cool thing because they wanted to do this thing the one had done before which is to play as many gigs as they could in one day like i thought because they're insane (laughs) i thought it was cool it was very them like i don't think another band has like done that i think there might be a record actually like an official guinness world record um but i don't think they they have it because they didn't try to make it official or anything but it was cool it was like but yeah it's it's fucking tiring uh, for for musicians to to play one show, let alone like fucking ten in a day, <laughs> even if they are yeah. only thirty minutes. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy tiring. Um, one of my friend, like one of my ex colleagues, used to um collect vinyl records, mm. and that and that's why I know the store Red Eye Records because they they went and bought specifically from you. They. They lived in Wollongong, so they tried to make it to this store uh, whenever they were in... Actually, they they traveled from Wollongong to Sydney CBD for work every day. Uh, 
that's like oh yeah two hours some two some hours people at my company live down that way and when when the office was open like it was very ordinary for them to travel in the the full distance yeah not my cup of tea but <laughs> um have 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 you ever thought about dabbling in vinyl i do have vinyl dude you i do? have a little have a collection player? yeah granted i haven't used oh, yeah. it in a while but yeah, I do have <laughs> I do have a bunch of vinyl. Um, I tend to obviously be quite um, intentional with it. I only buy and yeah. buy stuff that I like. Some of it is stuff I just inherited from my dad. Um, I think my dad's collection Ooh. is notably bigger. Um, I don't know. I probably have about maybe thirty to fifty. Uh, some of them are. What What makes vinyl interesting, though? It's a good question. I don't know how to answer. It's just like it looks cool. It's okay. <laughs> I think that. I think I can equate it to. So you're not into books, right? And you've never no. been into books. But you ever hear someone who's like really into books and libraries, and they go, oh, "I open the book and I just love smelling the paper." Oh, I think right, yeah. vinyl has a similar feeling. It's. I mean, yeah. it does have a smell to like old vinyl, but there's just something mm-hmm. about the tactility that's quite different from just like fucking cds (laughs) just obviously from streaming but or even or even just like yeah turning on spotify yeah like you you go up you intentionally pick an album play that album yeah and then um and you you can't be fucking bothered switching it so you just keep playing the same (laughs) one over and over again and so the funny thing is like with cds you put the CD in and you close the lid and you don't fucking see it. With vinyl, you yeah. see the thing spin. There's something about it that's just like, even if you're not fucking watching it, like watching Cheese Age, but it's spinning. Oh, yeah. It's, spin- like, <laughs> it's spinning as it's playing the music. It's just like an, an experience that's quite different to putting on a CD if, uh... or streaming stuff and listening on your headphones. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like this stuff where the table, where you can get like a sand art table and the marble kind of moves around magnetically. This stuff is like just nice to watch and it just cleans itself off. Like, it's it's crazy. You could, yeah. And and the artwork changes every day, obviously. It's like a a unique kinetic art coffee table. Yeah. This is the kind of stuff that I probably wouldn't mind having in in my apartment. That's like semi artistic, but yeah, I'm not very I'm not very uh, I I like the concept and look at the me- the mechanics of it. It's really interesting to me. But you also just so like why do when I you need talk one? about a record, <laughs> yeah, when you talk about a record and you get to see it spin and you got the 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 visual on it, I'm like yeah okay I get that. Um, but also I could just hit play on Spotify. Why why <laughs> are people into these? Like kinetic artist art tables instead of fucking NFTs, man. Yeah, you sell this thing as an NFT. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also like this dude who makes uh kinetic um wooden art pieces. Um, and it's like he's an he's like a straight up engineer. There he is, yeah. Uh, he he's an engineer, so his his goal is to make it spin and turn. It's a cl- I think it's a clock, spin, turn, whatever, 
Oh, it's not a clock. For as long as fucking possible. Mm. Like, he just wants this thing to go as long as possible. And then his, his wife's kind of an artist. So she comes up with these wacky designs that he has to kind of, like, engineer his way around making them. Um, wow. So a lot of stuff goes into the material and, you know, the balancing of ball bearings and stuff like that. So this, is, this stuff's really cool. Pretty cool. And he hang, hand mills all this, all this wood. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> looks like a circle but ain't a circle you know? <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i i like i appreciate some of this stuff um but you know putting a piece of art on my wall is it'd have to be some particular pieces um but yeah the i i get the, the whole vinyl thing yeah it is kind of cool mechanically as well yeah but I'm fully digital. I, I've I've heard some people think that you know, um, you know, video games have that same thing where you can put a disc in and you play that one game. Yeah. Um. And I I got digital versions of I get digital versions wherever I can, but some some people have said like yeah I could get digital versions but it's too easy to actually switch between all of the games <laughs> I have. So it might make me play them less. Okay. Whereas my laziness factor for switching the game will force me to play the game that's in there longer. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think that would be me too. I was like, I feel like I wouldn't... I'm not that lazy, but actually I have a similar thing. So when I got my car in 2014, I put a CD in there. Um, I will walk by <laughs> No, it wasn't. It was just, just so everyone knows. It was the self-titled album by Brisbane band Velociraptor. Anyway, that CD stayed in my car for like years. Every time I go in there, <clears throat> I just listen to the same same album. I don't mind it. It's like not a very long album. It's like thirty six minutes, and I didn't use my car for like really long road trips. Or anything like that. Or not frequently anyway. If I did, then I would bother like connecting my phone with the with the Bluetooth and whatever. But mm-hmm. most of the time I was just driving like to the train station or driving to the gym or whatever. So I jump in the car, starts playing the same music, the same C D and <laughs> I didn't give a shit and I was too lazy to, you know, go back home, find another one to put in. And then, like, replace it because I didn't care enough and I liked it and it was fine. And it just makes me think of, you know, like, it's like that if it's not if it's not broken, don't fix it. Or, you know, you appreciate what you have and it's like, why would I get another new one? And why would I worry? Yeah. The, um, the overhead <laughs> of doing all that stuff. That's why you have a five CD changer. And you oh can my god! Even CDs. that feels so old, doesn't it? When you think about it, <laughs> dude, I can switch between five CDs in my car. It was it was um, cool when they came out, or when like you encountered one of those, and you're like, "That's pretty sick." And then you're just like, uh. "Yeah." I think I even heard of you know mod- car mods that have like a like a 10 cd stack changer in the back in the boot or something yeah, like that i think and my dad would yeah. just change <laughs> 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 the, 
the things people did to get more than just like an album of songs on their in their car. Um, but then, like, how long would you be in the car that you'd want to change to another CD you've got in the back? You know. Yeah. Yeah. I get. I get having and, another uh, one. Like, if you want two options or something. But most of the time, like, how much do you care? And then if you go on a road trip, you just bring a cut. You bring a stack yourself, and you kind of swap out the the albums. Yeah. Whilst you're on the road with a second, hopefully a second person. But I guess it's that uh, laziness handling thing that. that you were saying. Too <laughs> lazy to open yeah. the jewel case, put another one in, <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I mean back then, I guess you just had to be super selective if you made your own CD. Like you just thought, okay, what songs are going in my car? And those are the songs that mm. are really like that you wouldn't mind listening to it over and over again. Otherwise, you'd have to yeah. <laughs> change out the CD, which is a pain. <laughs> um, another thing that's a pain to do is ending this podcast. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go and watch so, Cheese Age now, guys. Cheese Age, yeah. Um, well, th- thanks for listening. Uh, you can follow us on at Pod, Instagram and Twitter mostly. Twitter. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and the big fire festival that ever <laughs> happened. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, uh, I hope, I, I think everyone involved there wanted to forget about that. Um, and new episodes every Monday, I think. Yeah. So, see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.